toilets are in hers. They think they got us. You're going to put my singing on there as a teaser? Yes. Yes, I am. Hello, and welcome back to the Rewatch Rewind, the podcast where I count down my top 40 most frequently rewatched movies. Usually, these are movies that I love for my own personal reasons, but for this episode, I will be joined by my sister Rosemary to talk about one of her comfort movies, which is number 32 on my list, Disney's 1992 historical musical Newsies, directed by Kenny Ortega, written by Bob Zudiker and Noni White, who I just learned are married to each other, so that's fun, and starring Christian Bale, David Moscow, Bill Pullman, and Robert Duvall. It's 1899. The streets of New York City echo with the voices of Newsies, carrying the banner on every corner, bringing you the news for a penny a pape. Our story starts the day David Jacobs, David Moscow, and his younger brother Les, Luke Edwards, begin their newsboy careers and team up with experienced Newsie Jack Kelly, Christian Bale. But soon after, the head of the newspaper, Joseph Pulitzer, Robert Duvall, decides that in order to increase profits, he needs to further exploit the Newsies. So David and Jack decide to lead a strike. This movie is truly bizarre, and I don't think I've ever quite figured out how I feel about it. I've somehow managed to watch it 16 times, and most of those viewings were either directly or indirectly because of my sister. So without further ado, let's talk with Rosemary about Newsies. Hello. Hi. Very excited to talk to you about Newsies, because the only reason that it made it onto this podcast is because of you. Yeah, that is my fault, I think. I don't think I would have watched it again after the first couple times we watched it if you hadn't gotten into it. And I don't really know why I loved it so much. Yeah, I don't really either, but I think we should tell the listeners how we were introduced to this movie, because we were introduced to this movie in the weirdest way possible. The weirdest way. <laughs> so... Why were we even there? Why did we go to this kid court thing? So we did this summer camp. It was like a day camp where it was kind of like mock trial. And it was for like 10 to 14 year olds or something. It was the summer of 2003. Because then you did it again the next year, but I was too old. Okay. Well, we were roughly for like 10 to 13 year olds putting on a trial figure out how to be lawyers or something I think like the premise of the camp like it was somebody's dad that was a lawyer and he like it was through the parks and rec department and it was just like a summer camp day camp class and it was a week-long class to teach young ones about what it's like to be a lawyer and kind of like get people interested in criminal justice and they based it on a movie and so the premise of the camp was they showed a movie and then had some sort of trial like a premise of a trial and we were supposed to play like the lawyers and the people themselves and put this trial on for the parents who would come and be the jury at the end of the week yes and why they decided to do a trial based on newsies i don't know no idea it is the most random thing they could have picked in 2003. Yeah. Like this movie that came out in 1992, like 11 years later, we're like, 
let's do a mock trial on if Jack Kelly or Pulitzer should, I don't even remember the premise of the trial. I think it was trying to decide if Pulitzer should go to jail for cruelty toward the Newsies or something. Yeah. Because I played Pulitzer. I played Jack Kelly. I had forgotten about that. Because I had to call you Joe all the time because that was really cool because that's what Jack Kelly said. Oh man, I forgot about that. I just remembered that I had a a beard made out of construction paper. Because I remember we were trying to argue about whether Weasel had any culpability or if he was just taking orders from Pulitzer. But the the thing was like, we had never heard of this movie before. We had never heard of this movie. And we also were not that interested in becoming lawyers. No. So I, that's why, why were we there? Was it because, because, okay, so as we're recording this, my Chicago episode has not come out yet, but it will have before I release it. And the friend that I will talk about in that episode came to this camp with us. Correct. So was it because she wanted to do it? Is that why we were there? Truly, I don't remember. <laughs> For some reason, we were at this like mock trial day camp for preteens, and for some reason that makes even less sense, we're doing a trial based on this movie that we'd never heard of before. And I remember, so it was 2003, because that was the first year that I was keeping track of my movies, and we watched the whole movie, but then we like were watching bits and pieces of it again. But I didn't know how many times to count it, and I remember that being like a real dilemma. And that's kind of a running theme with this movie is a lot of times I'll just watch certain parts of it. So I don't really know how many times I've watched the whole thing. I would count it if I watched most of it. So the the counting might be a little off on this one. Dear. Anyway, we watched it and we did a trial and the trial made no sense because none of us understood the movie. Or how to do a trial. Yeah. So anyway, I remember... The first day of camp, we're in this, like, classroom in the community center, and they dim the lights, they bring in this TV on wheels, and we watch Newsies. And it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Like, it was singing, dancing, teenage boys from 1899, going on strike, singing about it. And I don't know, it was like a mesmerizing experience. And maybe also because like we watched it in a group setting and nobody was really that familiar with the movie, I don't think. And we just watched it and we were supposed to like really get into it so we could do this trial. So I remember like watching it with my senses on alert being like, okay, what's the trial going to be and how are we going to defend them? I just remember, like, not following the plot of the movie at all. Like, I liked the singing and dancing, but I did not know what was going on. Huh. So I had a a hard time with this trial because I was like, I don't even understand what happened in this movie. (laughs) I don't super remember watching it for the first time that vividly. So I think I might have, like, just zoned out. (laughs) I just remember, like, when we were doing the trial, I was like, I don't even understand what's supposed to have happened in this movie. So I don't know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I mean, I got that they went on strike. I just didn't really understand, like, there are too many little, like, intricacies of, like, what exactly Mm -hmm. they were protesting and stuff like that. I mean, now I know what it's about. 
but at the time i just thought this is weird i don't understand this movie i also remember because we would go back and watch different clips from it because that was our like evidence it would sit on the dvd menu oh yeah for long stretches of time and this one girl in the class she like made this whole dance routine for the like menu music that we listen to over and over again so I think about that yes every time I watch it on DVD I I do remember that but I don't remember a ton about the mock trial I just remembered that it was weird it was weird somebody made a poster of brass knuckles oh yeah (laughs) um and I was supposed to be Jack Kelly and that's pretty much all I remember yeah One of the witnesses was this random person that was where the milk jugs got knocked over. We never actually see that person in the movie. He's not in the movie. They don't exist. Somebody decided to be the person whose milk jugs got knocked over. I realized to listeners that this is going to sound weird, but it's like weirder than you think it was based on what we're saying. Yeah, none of this makes sense. It almost feels like it didn't happen. Like I made it up but I know that it happened because that's how we got introduced to this movie. But then I don't remember why we watched it again after that. So how many times did you watch it in 2003? I counted watching it twice. Okay. Then I watched it again in 2004. So I know that we rented it from Hollywood Video. Oh, okay. Because they had like one copy of it because why would you need more? And I just remember being like, I need to see this movie again. (laughs) And one day we were at Hollywood Video and got it. So that must have been the 2004 watch, because I imagine you counted it twice for Mock Trial. Yeah, I think so. So we would get it from Hollywood Video, and then I think the library had a copy of it that wasn't very good and then eventually I got it on DVD which I think was probably in 2005 when we got our DVD player like that was the year of the DVDs right Mm -hmm. I think I think I got it then but I also feel like I remember being like at work and talking to someone about it and saying that we didn't have it on DVD And then they got it for me at the same time that we got another copy. Because we ended up with two copies of it on DVD. Oh, well, maybe I didn't get it in 2005. I definitely had my own copy when I went away to college. Yes. Because I took it with me. Yes, because I think that, that someone gave you a copy and one of my coworkers gave me a copy. And that would have probably been like 2009. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I don't know. It was a long time ago. But, like, your friends were also really into it. Yeah, I was kind of, like, my circle of friends kind of overlapped the theater kids. And it was big in the theater kids circle. And this was, like, my, like, middle school friends. And so we would frequently watch it, like, at sleepovers or hangouts or whatever. We would just turn on newsies and have, like, a whole sing-along. Yeah, because... I remember like being really annoyed by it for a while and that was like your thing that you did with your friends and I was like this movie is so bad though. 
Oh, I didn't know that you had that period of time. Yeah. And then I don't know. I, I kind of came around to it eventually. And like, I mean, there's parts of it that are definitely bad. No, like full disclosure, this is not a good movie. No, but it is enjoyable. (laughs) When it comes down to it, it's not good. Like the acting isn't very good. The singing is fine. The editing needed, it needed to be shorter. It's a very long movie. Yeah. Well, it's almost like, it's like two different movies. Because there's like the musical and then there's the drama. Mm -hmm. The whole like Pulitzer part doesn't fit with the rest of the musical because like he kind of seems like he's in a completely different world which maybe was intentional I don't know but I feel like it's kind of like they were combining two different types of movie into one not very well yes but also what's funny about it is that like it was a total flop when it came out I think it was like the lowest grossing Disney live action film to date or one of them which doesn't like it's not a great movie but that just doesn't feel right like it's fine but the thing is that like then it became really popular later and it's like kind of a cult classic and so they the initial box office loss was made up by video rentals once it came out for home viewing and now there's like this whole group of people that absolutely love it i mean and then it was turned into a broadway musical like way later because it was super popular yeah in like 2014 or something yeah in the like in the 2010s and so it's just really funny how it was like when we first watched it nobody knows what this movie is and then like a few years later everyone's like oh yeah i love newsies and i was like what you know about newsies i thought that was just our thing and I was like, oh, okay, everybody knows Newsies, but most people I think are maybe now more people are familiar with the stage version. Yeah, especially since they've filmed it and it's on Disney Plus and you can watch it anytime you want. So, yeah, I think they're different. Um, I think the choreography is really fun and exciting in the Broadway stage show because they have Broadway dancers to do the choreography and not christian bale (laughs) who i don't think is known for his dancing no oh it's just so funny that christian bale is in this movie like can we talk about how random that is like he's not a musical guy but he's a good singer yeah no i think he does a good job it's just very not on brand for him nope but he was also like a child it's true and then like Pulitzer is played by Robert Duvall, and he doesn't get to sing, even though Robert Duvall could sing and sang in other movies. So I do like that the stage musical gave Pulitzer a song. I think it makes him feel more part of the story. Well, yeah, that needed to happen. And then Anne Margaret is randomly there. (laughs) Her character did not need to be there. I don't understand why her character was there. Why was anyone there? But like... The music isn't great, considering that it's Alan Menken. Like, he wrote much better songs. But it's fine. Most of the songs are pretty good, but Anne Margaret's songs are bad. Like, they are bad songs, and I don't know why they're like that. Because because they changed that character a little bit for the stage musical and gave her different songs that are actually good. And I'm like, why couldn't the movie have good songs for this character? Um, yeah. But... 
I actually do love carrying the banner. I think that is a great opening number. It is. The rest of the movie doesn't necessarily live up to that start, but I love that. But there's other good songs. I mean, carrying the banner is great. King of New York is fantastic. Seize the Day is fine. Uh, The World Will Know is a good song. And it's a play on the world. Oh, yeah. They do enjoy that pun. They like that a lot. The newspaper is called The World. And so they, like, at one point, one of Pulitzer's assistants is like, it's like the end of the world. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. There's a lot of that in that movie. Mm -hmm. So it's really just, I mean, even Santa Fe is not a bad song. That's true. It's that the songs don't save the rest of the movie. And the dancing could have been better. I think that's the thing. But see, we need to talk about how Kenny Ortega, the director slash choreographer, was kind of ahead of his time with this movie. Because had it come out 10 years later, or 15 years later, like when High School Musical came out, Kenny Ortega's magnum opus, it would have been way more popular. Like, the world was not ready for a musical of teenage boys in 1992, but they were ready for a musical of teenagers in 2004. Also, like, I wonder if this had been a Disney Channel original movie instead of a theatrically released movie, would it have been more popular? Well, and they probably would have edited it better if it was a direct-for-TV movie because it's so long yes and if it was a disney channel original movie it would have been shorter and yeah a little faster pace and possibly better like maybe they were they were trying to make this mary poppins-esque feature and maybe didn't realize that that was not what they should have been shooting for well, and it, it is long, but it feels longer than it is. Yeah. Which is not what you want. No. <laughs> like, there's so many things that don't need to be in the movie. And I say this as a person that loves this movie. But it's like, pick up the pace, man. Yeah, it definitely drags. And I think a lot of musicals have this problem where there just aren't enough songs in the second act. But if it was going to be as long as it is, they needed more songs. Like, good songs, not just high times hard times in the second act yeah that doesn't help because it's like the second act needs more songs and then the songs that are in the second act are not good yeah it really loses steam it does we haven't talked about how bill pullman is randomly in this movie (laughs) bill pullman is great and also that they completely changed his character for the musical and turned him into a woman who has a romance with jack Yeah, I mean, that's much more like Hollywood Disney romance. And so it's kind of weird that they didn't do that in the movie version. Well, so also like the character of Sarah. Oh, jeez. There's like two women in the whole movie that are actually important. There's Meta, who has the horrible songs. And then there's Sarah, who is David's sister kind of has a romance with Jack but it's very forced it's just like kind of stuck in there there's no reason for it to be there no they were just like I guess this movie should have some romance in it yeah and it's like her her character is completely underdeveloped and all that but also like 
I don't remember when we read this, but at some point I was looking up facts about Newsies and people were talking about how it kind of seems like Bill Pullman's character Denton and David have like romantic chemistry and now I can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. It's a little creepy because I don't know how old David's supposed to be. I think he's supposed to be a teenager and Denton is a grown man, but there's just like so many moments between them that's like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, they're very flirtatious with each other and are having a good time. And it's it's just a little odd that they staged it the way they did. Yeah, and I don't know how intentional that was or what they were trying to do with that. I didn't notice it before I read it, but it's, it's there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I know it's based on a true story, but I'm not sure like how much they were trying to stick to the true story and how much they were just going off of the basic premise of like oh these newsboys went on strike this one time because I don't know if like they're based on actual people or if they just decided like okay we're just gonna make up some newsies because that would might make a difference like maybe there really was a reporter like that who hung out with them and I don't know (laughs) but yeah Bill Pullman does his best he always does his best And we're grateful for that. He's a good singer. He is. Yeah. I have definitely watched the special features on this movie a few times. And there is one that's like all about the historical, like the true story of the Newsies. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this because I don't actually remember. So (laughs) there's a special feature on the DVD if you have it. So you can go check that out and learn your history of the Newsies. Um, There is audio commentary from Kenny Ortega throughout the whole movie as well. That's a treat. I don't think I've ever watched it. I definitely have. Yeah, I I believe you. You learn little fun facts, but you don't actually have to watch it with commentary with Kenny Ortega if you're watching it with me, because I will (laughs) tell you when things come up. It's true. I'm like, did you know this fun (laughs) fact that I just happened to know? Like, I'm doing my own commentary on it. But I was thinking about, like, why did I like this movie so much? Like, why did it have such a hold on me from, like, 2003 to 2012? Like, why was this my go-to comfort film? Why could I spend the whole day, like, watching it and the special features and going on IMDb to look up the actors? And I don't know. It doesn't make sense knowing like who I am as a person and the things I normally like and things like that. Like it's, it's kind of odd, but I think I enjoyed the like sense of friends who are family and that camaraderie and these boys have nobody but each other and they care about each other a lot they know each other's quirks and idiosyncrasies and accept them all into their little family. Like they live in that boarding house together and I'm sure it's like very idealized and like they were very poor and hungry and cold and probably stinky and it probably shouldn't be like romanticized, I guess. But I think I was really drawn to that like sense of community that they had and they're fighting for something and I think that the little like social justice warrior in me was like yeah 
we just all have to be friends together and then we can like change the world. Yeah, that makes sense. I I definitely agree that I I enjoyed the ensemble aspect of it, but I like always wanted more from the side characters. Like I want like a whole TV show of just like them hanging out. Oh yeah. I definitely made up backstories in my head of of a lot of those background guys because they're really good background actors and they did a good job getting like this whole crew together and I'm like this part is what's truly fascinating is these people that are all part of the story that aren't the Jack Kelly or the David that they don't want to pay 10 cents more for 100 papes. Yeah and just that they have such pride in what they're doing. Yeah. The whole headlines don't sell papes, newsies sell papes thing is cheesy but it's nice like they're like yes we're doing something important we're bringing news to people and the movie kind of like glosses over this to the point that I didn't even notice it at first the whole like branching out the strike to other child laborers yeah that kind of confused me because it's like there's so much that drags and then that they kind of rush through that in one musical number (laughs) but they were really trying to help stop child workers from being exploited so they have pride in what they're doing but they also recognize like we are children and we are being worked way harder than we should be and this is the last straw and i think that's really cool i don't know if that's actually accurate to what actually happened with this strike i don't think it was like one strike changed everything but part of the whole like labor rights movement at the turn of the century and like safe working conditions and limits on working hours and working ages and stuff like that. And I don't think they did a bad job of telling that story. No, it's just they could have done a better job. For sure. But I also think that part is like one of the most moving parts of the movie now that I like catch that it's there. Mm -hmm. The world will know reprise, I guess, is what it is. Where they're like waiting for people to show up and they're like oh it's just gonna be us nobody else is listening to us and then like that whole group of people come in to like stand in solidarity with them mm-hmm. i love that part when you've got a million voices singing who can hear a lousy whistle blow and the world will feel the fire and finally know it's like to a certain extent the reason that I watched this movie is because it's like so bad it's good in some ways Mm -hmm. but also like there are parts of it that are actually pretty good yeah there's a lot of like they almost got there but it just I think they didn't quite know exactly what they were trying to do like what story they were trying to tell and it gets a little unfocused but also like as you said like the newsboys take pride in being the ones that deliver the news those young actors at the time, I took like huge pride in being in that movie and in the special featurettes of like, what was it like on set? Like these teenage boys were like having a great time and were really proud of their, you know, their singing and dancing and bringing the story to life. And maybe Christian Bale doesn't like to talk about it anymore, but you know, who among us likes to talk about what we did when we were 16? Well, and, like, Christian Bale is by far the, like, most famous one of those kids, like, now. Oh, for sure. A lot of those people are still working, and some of them are, like, 
have done other things that I know about, but like in terms of name recognition, if you name the other actors that played the kids, like Christian Bale is on a completely different level of fame mm-hmm. than the rest of them. Yeah. And I think even at the time, he was like embarrassed to tell people that he was making a musical. And I think like everybody else was just like, yeah, of course, we're making a musical. This is fun. And I think he was kind of like, this is beneath me. But I mean, he still did a good job. Yeah. But it's not a typical Christian Bale movie. It definitely is not. But it's the only Christian Bale movie that made it in my top 40. So what does that say? Something. And But I think, you know, like, why did I, why was it my, like, comfort movie? But it, it really was for a time. And truly, it's baffling. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always have to make sense. A lot of times you just, a movie makes you feel good. So you watch it. Like, it doesn't have to be for a particularly deep reason. I think that that's totally fair. And I think that that part of why I keep returning to it is it like makes me think of you. So (laughs) it's comforting for that. And there's a little bit of nostalgia from back when you were watching it constantly when we lived in the same house. So yeah, I don't know. And I don't think we have to know why we watch it a lot, but it is strange. And just like thinking about trying to tie it into the theme of the podcast of like, watching it from an airways perspective the worst part of the movie is the romance and most people agree about that so it's like okay i'm watching it for the for the friends and most other people are so i think that has something to do with it that like it's more about friendship and camaraderie than romance but then it's just kind of like oh but we need to have romance in here because there's a female character which i hate so much yeah i mean i would have loved like we could have done a side story of like those girls that were working in the sewing factory or whatever. Oh yeah. That come to the strike or whatever. We could have had a whole side story about them and their friendship and their camaraderie and all of that um, to talk about their experiences and kind of just make it a movie about friendship, which it mostly is. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And fighting the man. Yeah. Well, and then there's the whole thing about the children's refuge. Yeah. And locking kids up and all that. The commentary on the pipeline to prison system. Yeah. They don't get into racism at all. Like, yeah. They have some characters of color, but it's more colorblind casting, is what it feels like. But it is definitely a commentary on like poor people just getting locked up. And there's a little bit about like disabled people because there's the character of Mm. Crutchy who um, at one point they're doing strike activities and they're kind of, I don't even know, they're like ripping up newspapers and stuff like that. And everybody gets away except for the kid who can't walk very well. I don't know what his condition is supposed to be. But it's interesting to see how different characters treat him mm-hmm. and that like the other newsies are like, yeah, he's our friend. And then the people in power are just kind of like, let's throw him away and beat him up and stuff like that. I don't know if they were trying to say anything in doing that, but I think it's interesting to see his character and how he's treated. Yeah, that they at least included him when they didn't have to like have that representation at all yeah i mean it it would have been better if he was played by an actor who was actually disabled well yes 
that's too much to ask for now, let alone 30 years ago. So Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it is rich versus poor. It is, you know, the powerful against the not powerful. And, you know, the way that adults treat children and don't take them seriously and kind of want them to disappear unless they're doing something that makes them money. Yeah. And I think that that actually is why and Margaret's character is there because she is like she and Bill Pullman's character are like the only adults that really support them and take them seriously. Mm-hmm. And so I think it is kind of important to show that like, I mean, the kids are doing most of it on their own, but they do have some support and it comes in unexpected ways, you know, romanticizing David and Denton kind of cheapens that a little bit it is it they mm-hmm. just have weird moments together they really do i think ultimately it's not intentional like he's just supposed to be helping them because he wants to support their cause and he gets silenced temporarily and it, it's interesting how they show that like he feels like he has to follow the rules because he'll lose his job and stuff and these kids have very little to lose because they don't have much and so it's interesting the way they show that that like he's kind of ready to give up but then the kids talk him into staying and fighting doing what's right yeah they're they're ready to go on without him but i like that he Mm -hmm. comes back and joins up with them and helps them rally all the other child laborers so yeah it's it's an uplifting story like it does make you feel powerful in a way i just they miss what they're trying to do a few too many times that it like doesn't quite work but there's moments that work it's just it's a weird tone of a movie like it doesn't know how serious to be and I think that part of that is good like I think it's nice to have a balance of like the lighthearted musical numbers and the actual like really tough messages but I just I don't feel like it strikes the right balance somehow Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure how like I don't know how it could be better I don't know exactly how to solve the problem of Newsies because I think the the musical like I like the movie better just because The thing I don't like about the musical is that they changed the words to the songs that they kept. Like, add new songs, great. But why did you change the words just for the sake of changing the words? That's my biggest gripe with the musical. And can we talk about the line, both the Delanceys pee in their pantsies? Because, like, what is that? I'm personally offended by that. Like, who wrote that? Like, there's no reason to change the words to that song because it was already a pretty good song but then that they changed it to that of like what why oh also another thing that i was going to mention is that so alan menken wrote the music and howard ashman was going to write the lyrics but then he died and i don't even remember who wrote the lyrics sorry person who wrote the lyrics jack feldman okay i don't know did he write the lyrics for the stage show the reason that I bring up the Howard Ashman thing is I feel like if Howard Ashman had written Newsy's lyrics before he died, people would have felt less okay messing with them mm. because like he's such a legend. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I think he did both, Jack Feldman. 
Yeah, so it's almost like they recognize, like, okay, the movie didn't quite work, so we're going to try and make the musical work better, which I think that ultimately, overall, it does work better in telling the story. But they incorrectly identified certain things that didn't work and changed things that didn't need to be changed. And that irritates me. I feel that. It makes it so I don't want to listen to the cast recording because they changed the words to songs that didn't need the words changed. But the new songs they added, I think, were really good. And the the songs they took out were not missed. So (laughs) there is that. But they didn't need to change King of New York. Sorry, I'm now reading an article about Newsy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What? The tea. Oh, dear. Apparently, there were behind-the-scenes drama because... Christian Bale and the girl that played Sarah, Ellie Keats, they started dating during pre-production, but then they broke up right before filming. Oh, dear. And so they weren't even, like, talking to each other before they had to film these scenes of them being like, I'm in love with you. So maybe that's why it doesn't work. That's definitely part of it. I was also reading that Sarah was supposed to have a song, but then they cut it. Because mm. her character does like very little in the movie. Like, Yeah, she does nothing. You don't need her to be there. Apparently, Howard Ashman died the day before the first songwriting session for Newsies. Oh, so sad. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean... Again, I like a lot of the songs in the movie, and I think that they have better lyrics than the Broadway versions of them. But I wonder how different things would have been if Howard Ashman could have written the lyrics for these songs. But on the one hand, like I keep saying, like the movie doesn't work. They should change stuff. But also, I do kind of love it the way it is. I love that it's broken and a little bit of a mess. That's part of its charm. And it's sad if you think about some of the issues too hard, but it doesn't let itself get too sad. So it feels uplifting. And I mean, it has an encouraging ending. They won, but it's unclear exactly what that means going forward, other than that the price they have to pay for the papers is what it was. But also, okay, that was the part that really confused me when we watched it the first time. I didn't understand, like, why raising the price was hurting them because I didn't realize that it was the price of the distribution apparatus. Like the Newsies had to buy the papers and then sell them. I like kind of missed that whole thing. So I was like, what exactly are they fighting for? Also, it makes it so much more complicated because it was two for a penny and then they were raising it 10 cents a hundred it's like so much harder to get the right change for the number of papers when it's like that so for that reason alone they shouldn't have raised it it just wasn't a good idea and one that was just sort of thrown out there during a brainstorming session and um they just ran with it it's a really good indication of how big companies operate because the other idea that was thrown out in that brainstorming session was that they cut the salaries of the people at the top and they're like we can't do that Mm -hmm. that's still a thing of like we got to exploit the lowest workers who already are struggling to eat while the people in charge are making more money than they could spend in several lifetimes and it's a disney movie is it (laughs) 
Yes, it's a, it's, it's a good point. The message does kind of get lost because it is a Disney movie and it's like Disney is in control of the entire entertainment world now, it feels like. Mm-hmm. But they're still like, oh yeah, no, we champion the underdog. We definitely pay all of our workers fairly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. It's hard to explain what we love about the movie because it is objectively bad. It's objectively not good, but I wouldn't say it's objectively bad. Yeah, that's a better way to put it because there's definitely some great moments in it. It's definitely watchable, especially if you fast forward some parts. Yeah. Well, that's why it's hard because a lot of times I would just like go through and watch the good songs and (laughs) skip everything else. So when was the last time you watched Newsies? I watched it last year. Oh. Why? I don't remember why. I watched a lot of movies last year. Last year was the year I watched Mm -hmm. the most movies since I started keeping track. I might have, like, convinced Mom to watch it on Robert Duvall's birthday. I know I did that once recently. That checks out. (laughs) There it is. Not Anne Margaret's birthday. No. Not David Moscow's birthday. Not Pulitzer's birthday. Apparently the movie came out on Pulitzer's birthday. Oh. Interesting. It's just funny because it's like Robert Duvall is this big star who's been in a ton of things and like this is the movie of his that I've seen the most. Well, and apparently, according to the special features, he, like, got super into the role and read, like, a 500-page biography of Pulitzer and, like, was really into the character and everything, was fascinated by the character. And I'm like, well, maybe for Pulitzer's biopic, but that's not what this is. (laughs) Yeah, he's not in enough of the movie just right. I will say one of my favorite parts is when he makes all those, like, adding machine noises. Yeah. That's pretty great. I I do enjoy that. Yeah. So he tried to stay true to Pulitzer. You got to respect that. And maybe we do need a Pulitzer biopic one of these days. Yeah, I think he's a little bit old now. (laughs) Is he still acting? Is he still alive? (laughs) I think so, but he's very old. Yeah, he's 92. Also, we haven't talked about Les, but I love Les. That kid. He is so genuine. He is dedicated. Both the actor is dedicated to being in the movie. The kid is dedicated to the cause. He's dedicated to being dedicated. He really is. And I love the part in the World Will Know reprise before all the people show up when they're singing and they're just like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, no, he's like into it. Like, how dare you suggest that we would give in? He is dedicated to the cause from the get-go and he is like very devoted to jack and is like jack knows what he's doing and all this stuff it's just while i think that sarah could have easily been eliminated i love that les is there Mm -hmm. i think that he's he's a good addition Mm -hmm. to the group and again i would love a tv show of just everybody hanging out we didn't talk about spot conlin either Oh my gosh, Spot Conlon is iconic. And they, okay, that's another thing I have a problem with the stage show about. They almost completely eliminated him from the stage show. He's like barely there. But they did get a song for the Brooklyn crew. Yes, it was very short. And that's like the only time we see him. 
Like, I couldn't even tell which one was supposed to be Spot Conlin because it's just a bunch of people singing about Brooklyn. It's interesting that they kind of get into a little bit of the, like, politics within the newsies in the different boroughs and stuff. Mm -hmm. But they don't explain it well enough. No. It's, like, a little bit lacking. But it's also kind of like you're just, like, dropped into this. That's true. And you're kind of following David in that sense Mm -hmm. of, like, he gets dropped into this world and he doesn't understand it at all. And nobody really wants to, like, sit him down and explain it to him. It's just, like, figure it out. Yeah, because they don't really even sit down and explain it to themselves. Like, it's just the way things are. And, Mm -hmm. like, he's this newcomer, and they're just like, catch up. Yeah. It's, like, there's just, it's such a, a weird thing of, like, some of it is, like, yeah, this is really interesting. And then some of it's, like, so boring. Mm-hmm. The pacing is weird. Mm-hmm. there's parts that are boring that don't have to be boring like the story isn't boring that they're focusing on they're just focusing on it in a weird way they're just not telling it well yeah it's like there's so many things that almost work but just don't and i don't even really know how to explain it which is why i keep floundering about it but yeah it's it's just a strange movie that is fun to watch there you go Sums it up. I definitely would have completely forgotten about it after that kid court if you hadn't gotten back into it. It just had a hold on me. It did. And I think that that's great. There's lots of movies like that for me. But most of the movies that are in my top 40 are because I enjoy watching them by myself. And this one, I'm sure I have watched it by myself, but usually I watched it because you wanted to watch it. So you're welcome. Thank you for keeping this movie in my life. For carrying the banner. Carrying the banner. Thank you, Rosemary. And thank you to anyone who is still listening. That was a fun chat, although I don't feel like we were particularly coherent. Then again, I don't know that there is a particularly coherent way to talk about this movie. Even though we were pretty critical of it, I truly believe that everyone should watch Newsies at least once, so if you're still here and you haven't seen it yet, definitely do that, and hopefully you'll understand. I'm going on vacation, so there won't be a new episode of the Rewatch Rewind next week, but I will be back the week after, so make sure you're subscribed or following so you don't miss that. When I return, I'll be discussing the first of three movies I watched 17 times. As always, I'll leave you with a quote from that next movie. A pleasant little foursome. I predict a hatchet murder before the night's over.